Everybody, welcome. Instant reaction presented by Knowles 24-7. I'm Trey Rowland. I'm here with Coach Adam Brown. The Knowles beat the North Alabama Lions 58-13 to in a score line that I think a lot of people thought would materialize, but in a way that I'll be on I'll be honest with you still hours after the fact is shocking. Um Florida State got down early and I try I try to go through like the scenarios in a game. As an analyst as a fan it was like what's the best case scenario what's the worst case scenario? I would say that the worst case scenario happened tonight based on not the outcome of the game. The outcome of the game was a win for Florida State. But I've never felt worse after a win in my entire life because Jordan Travis suffered an absolutely horrific injury. One that was shocking. One that was undeserved. One that was really... It was unfair. It was an unfair situation. Jordan Travis, and normally I try to I try to go in, and I'll let Kevin and, and Adam get their thoughts on this in a second. I just want to go into a little bit of a <laughs> maybe an un an unasked for soliloquy. Jordan Travis, the heart and soul of this Florida State program, a kid that transferred in from Louisville. He gave you his heart and soul. He came in as a kid with a dynamic running ability and a questionable. Questionable ability to even like throw against the wind. The way that this kid bought in, developed, became the consummate leader, the consummate ambassador, the consummate representation of all that is right with Florida State University, not only in the Mike Norvell era, but as one of the most beloved and deservedly so players of the entire Florida State pantheon. This kid, he had it all. He played well. He, every interview was a shining example of what, what a, what a, just a fantastic human being he was. Even just, even like fan reports of interacting with him outside of the game, just a phenomenal human being. And this was his, this was, this was his moment. His team was 10 and 0, senior night. Going on eleven and zero through multiple games that he had won in this program through sheer force of will, a freak injury, a game that was maybe more competitive than it honestly should have been at that point, and we can we can talk about it as we talk about the flow of the game, but just a freak injury and a, a, just a horrific injury to one of the best people that has ever graced this Florida State football program, Jordan Travis is somebody that will be remembered long after he was gone. If you guys watch the CW broadcast and, and listen to the words that somebody like Jameis Winston said about him. One of the best college football players of all time, a guy getting enshrined in the ring of honor in Dope Campbell Field, the way that he reverently spoke about Jordan Travis, that should give you just an iota of the respect that he commanded from his roster, from this coaching staff, from the fan base, and well-deserved. 
And it's tragic because the most tragic consequences of all are consequences of unfulfilled potential. And he was on the cusp of things that only three teams in the history of the storied program have done before. And it was taken away from him. And it was unfair. It was a freak accident. And honestly, I don't have the vocabulary to describe how disheartening what happened was. Prayers up to Jordan Travis. You deserve all the praise you've received this season and all the praise you will receive from, from the years going forward. Your impact in a time where Florida State was in the dark ages, was in a time where so low that longtime fans of this program like myself cannot comprehend. You were the shining light that pulled us out of this, Jordan Travis. And my God, you deserve better, my friend. You deserved absolute better. You are a warrior. You are a perfect representation of Unconquered. And I will tell you right now that we will never forget the sacrifices you made for this program. We love you, buddy. All prayers up to Jordan Travis. Please heal safely. I just wanted to get this off my chest before we talk about the game. One of the best Florida State Seminoles of all time. And the way that it ended was unfair, and you deserved much better I am sure the team will keep fighting in your honor. Adam and Kevin, floor is yours. Tough. It's kind of tough to follow that up. Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm an emotional human being about the sport in general, and I've seen a lot of devastating injuries. I, our, we had a season where we were undefeated and lost a running back in the middle of the year, and it, you know, kind of just fell apart on us. Another time that a, a personal player that I, was close with blew out his knee in a game and um you know this is this is just not one that's easy to, that is easy to take but it's selfish it's it's for selfish reasons because we all wanted to see them continue to win and you know to go far so at this point there's there's not a whole lot to say i hope the young man recovers i hope he gets an opportunity to play football again the uh, the injury looked it looked pretty gruesome i'm not a doctor i've seen some people saying broken ankle i've seen all kinds of nonsense out there Whatever the hell it is, I hope it's a quick recovery for him. Obviously, modern modern medicine is is pretty miraculous, and I hope it gives him an opportunity to get back out on the field and do what he loves to do because he's a hell of a football player. Um, I said to Kev earlier, like I remember the his first spring game, we were watching, watch we were you know it was our, it was literally when we first got together and started doing this and watching him in the spring game and talking about how far he had come as a as a thrower and how right. his mechanics were starting to tie together and his feet were starting to catch up to his upper body and all those things. And to see what he became from there, um, I think you said it best. He was robbed of an opportunity to really plant his flag. I think is a, is a top five player in Florida state lore. Um, sure. Just for, just for kind of where he, where he's come from and what he was going to potentially accomplish. Um, I don't know if Kev wants to add anything on there, but. Yeah, I just I don't I don't feel like I've I'm in the position to to say say much else. I mean, he's he's proved to be nothing but a, a fantastic human being, someone who's given it all for this program, someone who's been around this program from hard times and brought him to good times. And um, hopefully, this isn't the last time we see him. Um, 
kind of in in garnet and gold, but uh, it it kind of looks like that might be the case. And um, well, yeah, I, I think you guys nailed it. I mean, he, he's tr truly a legend. I, I think that I'm grateful to have watched 13 play football for this for this football team. Uh, I'm grateful for the leader he's been. And just to, to get to watch and see him represent the university that, that we follow so closely is has been a blessing. And so um, re really, really amazing kid um, did did not deserve this to happen to him. It doesn't deserve, no one deserves it to happen to them. It's, it's a dangerous game. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a heartbreaking day. It's tough, man. It, it, it's tough for me to... It's a win. Florida State continues to accomplish their goals like they're rolling on. I've never felt worse after a Florida State win. I know that you guys feel the exact same way, but let's talk about what happened after the fact. Once again, Jordan Travis, all the reverence that he deserves, just a fantastic legend of Seminole history in a time where Florida State fans were drowning, man, and Jordan Travis threw us a life raft. And for that, he will never, ever be forgotten. But let's talk about the rest of the game. It's 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 a it's a gosh darn miracle that they could even play after that. I mean, it's such highly emotional, horrific injury, things of that nature. But I guess we can talk about the game itself. Obviously, Tate Rotemaker inserted into the game. North Alabama got off to a 13-0 lead, and Florida State scored. 58 points afterwards. Adam, what did you think about the game plan of the offense coming out? It honestly seemed like North Alabama was going to throw the kitchen sink at you. A lot of weird unbalanced formations, the trick play off the punt, the, the strange like screen where it looked like to me, it looked like a fault. Those plays it looked like a false yeah. start by the center. They unloaded everything. They treated mm -hmm. it as their bowl game as the absolutely disgusting, terrible CW broadcast told us. 8 million times. What did you think about the beginning of the start for Florida state before they were able to corral the game? I thought they came out unfocused. Um, sure. It was, it was disappointing. Really? Uh, it was look, they're battling a lot of injuries as a team. <clears throat> and obviously a lot more after tonight. Um, you're coming off of a, a very emotional game against Miami. Uh, that you pulled out. You've got an emotional game against Florida coming up uh, next week. Um, so this obviously a trap situation, but they got guys running with man coverage and just getting completely lost. And it, it just, the eye discipline was bad. You, the focus was just really bad from start. Um, and I think that, I think that that's where you get yourself in a situation where you're having to, run the quarterback on the third drive against a FCS school sure. uh, in, in the first quarter that it could potentially lead to those types of things. Um, it's not anybody's fault that, that, that you're there, but um, as a collective, it just felt like the, the focus wasn't there. It felt like the focus of game planning wasn't really there. It felt like the focus of the players wasn't really there. Um, you, you know, and all week long, I mean, even we as a group, you know, with, 24 seven and everybody else mm -hmm. discussed, you know, when are you going to start? Are you even going to play starters in this game? Um, when are you going to see backups come in? If you do, you know, all those things were being talked about. And I don't want to say that Mike Norvell teams seem to have this in them when they play this type of team, but it really feels like they kind of do. It feels like 
for whatever reason, they just don't come out and smash these teams the way they should. Um, they don't come out focused the way they should in the beginning of these games and just get it over with. And then in the second half, we'll bring everybody in. Um, it, it, that, that's an interesting observation because your, your data points are what, like Southern Miss this year, yeah. Jacksonville State. It, it's one of those smoke. things where you did. It's weird. It is interesting. Because Mike Norvell is the type of guy that is going to want to maximize every single minute that he has, yeah, and dedicate that to the most like lethal opponent. So of course right. you're playing North Alabama, you do have a game, but what what person wouldn't look forward to the rivalry game at the For swamp sure. after yep. this? Absolutely. So I do get that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know what the preparation is. I don't know what the focus is. I don't know what they were repping in practice. I am with you. They did seem to come out flat. They did seem to come out surprised that a FCS three and seven team would run some trick plays. And I think that any any time a game is competitive for a longer period of time, you raise the chance for mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. And it was a collective effort, right? You didn't come out with your best stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and I the, mean, the, play, the, the play that he got hurt on wasn't, I mean, it wasn't an egregious play call. It was, no. it, was it was part of their normal offense. Yep. So just yep. uh, there, you know, the, their head coach said at halftime, or I don't remember when the interview was exactly. I believe it was halftime though. That, yeah. Um, you know, they wanted to keep running trick plays because he essentially said that the eye discipline is terrible. They're not, they're not focused on what they need to be focused on and doing their jobs. I mean, that's essentially what he said. Um, he talked about tight ends running wide open, uh, guys being out of position. I mean, it was very apparent, and that's frustrating. Um, you want to see a senior team. We've just it's been discussed ad nauseum about how much experience there is on this roster. You want to see that come into a game like this and just all right, let's get a lead, let's get the hell out of here. Um, right, do your job. That happens too much, just yeah. feels like it happens too much. It's interesting because you do have a couple of data points where things were the way that you ran the ball late was not the way that you were running the ball early against the same personnel, which to me is I wouldn't say it's damning, but it's very eye opening. (laughs) It's you'd rather take care of your business early and put the people in late than then kind of show up and expect for those guys to roll over for you. So I do think it was a lack of focus. I do think that was, it was a lack of, there's so much looking forward, looking past this game to one. I mean, you won it by 45, but the fact that they had a 13 to zero lead on you, man, just, it doesn't wear right. Now they came back and they responded. Kev, what did you think of the initial early game plan? Basically, from kickoff to Jordan's injury, and then we'll talk about everything kind of post injury. What what did you think about being in the stadium and what you saw? Yeah, it feels like this offensive staff still doesn't want to accept what the identity of this offense is. In my opinion, um, they want to be a heavy set team. They want to put tight ends in the box. They want to be able to run counter. And they just can't. They they don't get good push on counter. They I don't know if I've seen them successfully work up from a down block back up to a linebacker, which is a key block to make on counter. They're slow getting to the other side of the field. They tip off. 
they're just not as good at running counters as they think they are, and they keep running it. And um, I think that kind of showed tonight. There, there were several times when they just kind of went to it, and then by the end of the game, they started doing more RPO stuff, mm-hmm. uh, more split zone looking things. I, I, they just looked a lot more natural blocking zone today, and they kind of have all season. And um, yeah, it was kind of it was hard to watch because they. They want to have this identity, but but teams know they can put an extra man in the box, force you to throw it deep, and you weren't hitting those deep shots, and you weren't blocking counter well enough to get away with to to block that extra man. Um, so it did. They did make an adjustment. The offense looks like a completely different offense with Brock Glenn and Tate Rodemaker in than it does with Jordan Travis. Um, I think Jordan Travis is the best quarterback by far you have on this roster. But the offensive line seemed to be blocking better in the in the split zone type offense, which tends to fit more what you know Brady White did with them at Memphis and kind of what they they have done in the past. So right, that's something to watch moving forward. I, I don't know if that's what they will continue to do once they have time to put it in with uh, these new quarterbacks. But they looked. The offensive line looked better as the game went on, and you know that also might be UNA getting worn out. It, it, yeah, it, I agree with you. It's tough to see how much of it is depth wearing on people versus the diversity of scheme that you have with each quarterback in. I will say the running game itself seemed to pick up. Overall, 37 rushes, 248 yards, 6.7 yards per rush, five touchdowns. It really seemed to pick up. You saw... Great games from guys like Sam Singleton, CJ Campbell, Kaziah Holmes. It, it'll be interesting to see what carries forward. I, I do want to talk about the game, but I kind of want to talk about moving forward, Adam. Like we, They dominated after Jordan's injury. It was a galvanizing moment. The team responded back in an absolutely crushing time. The defense was very good. Patrick Payton is a I don't know how many pass breakups he has, but it's got it like, dude, nominate him for the Thorpe award. He might be like the best, like pass breakup defensive back in the entire country, but moving forward, is there, I don't want to say that there's an advantage for Florida state, but yeah. And, and people get in the hand and Keon, Keon Coleman looked, he looked much better than he did last week. Hopefully that can, his health continues to improve when Keon Coleman had the ball. Um, do you think obviously Jordan Travis, you want him as your quarterback? That is your ultimate advantage. However, going into this rivalry game at Florida, you got the tape road to maker offense in. There's not a lot of tape on him. Do you think there's a chance for Florida State to have an edge, to have maybe an advantage going into the swamp with an unscouted guy? with a tire full week to prep and what sort of things do you think that they should accentuate next week against Florida? Well, so against Louisville last year, they went to a lot of their RPO posts and yeah. RPO glance, right? Yeah. Yep. And they had a lot of success with that, with him throwing to, uh, throwing to Johnny last year. I don't know. I mean, Tate's, what do you think? Well, what do, they what have do you think about his? Do they have an advantage playing Tate? No, they don't. Have no, they don't have an advantage. But so thirteen to twenty-three, 
217 yards, two yeah. touchdowns. They do not have an advantage. Jordan Travis Watch is the best screens. quarterback on the roster. Watch over his own screens. Um, but they do look different. My my do. problem, not my problem, but my concern is the pocket awareness with Tate. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's always a wisp away from complete destruction, from like a play, like a game-changing, disastrous play. But when he's not, his arm looks fantastic, and he's distributing the ball downfield well. What do you think? I mean, what do you think about the matchup against Tate Rodemaker leading the Florida State offense against Florida next week? All right. So, I mean, I think you're gonna you're obviously gonna put an emphasis on trying to establish a run game. Do they can continue? you against Florida? I don't. I mean, Missouri scored thirty, but they just got to stop here on four, on third down late in the game. Right. I don't know. The Florida defense has been up and down. They've it really has. They look good at times tonight. They look like dog water at times tonight. Um, oh, not dog water. You're going to have to try to find a way to, to run the football because you can't ask Tate to drop back and throw it 50 times. So no. you're going to need to try to find a way. Um, can they? I don't know, man. I, they haven't found a way to do it all year. So what what the hell is going to be different now? You know, They're not suddenly going to be healthier on the offensive line. I think your best five was what you were playing tonight. What? Yeah. What did you think of the offensive line moves? Because like, I like Darius Mor- Center. I Maury like Smith. Maury Smith, an absolute. We're talking about Warriors, an absolute warrior. However, the shift from Darius Washington to center with Bless Harris at left tackle, yeah. they did seem to have more push, more verticality, yeah. more movement on the offensive line. Now that could be first wearing them out, but right. I, I like that five. Yeah, I I, I do too. Um, Byers played just from what you know the first watch. Byers played terrible tonight, so he's gonna have to play better. Um, but yeah. he had played, but he had played somewhat better the last couple of weeks. So is there you know does he get back to playing that way or does he play how he played tonight? Tonight was not a good night for him. Um, so I, I think what your best five was what was out there tonight. We'll see what happens with Maurice. They like to get him in there because they like to have. Darius available outside. Sure. Uh, tackle. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I, I'll be honest. The, the biggest thing they've got to figure out is what the hell they're going to do with these tight ends because they don't block a soul. Um, they get in the way, but they don't get in the way effectively. Uh, you know, the, they, they get the one, they get the one third down run and it's third and short and Jaheim Bell just doesn't block anybody. And then he comes, they follow it up with a drop, um, which was, I think, on Tate more than on Jaheim. He's got to catch the ball, but it was a And velocity. he had a big catch It was after a velocity. That. So, he did. But it was kind of a velocity yeah. drop. Tate fired that thing, and there were 8,000 miles an hour. Yeah, it's uh, not a touch thing. He's so got it's, a touch on it. But it's a, it's a pick-your-poison thing with that position group. So to right. me, I mean, I think the thing that you and I and Kev say when he's on at the same time is maybe just have more receivers on the field. Spread no, them out. I, have a light box. You're you a good more. spread team. I don't know. I don't know Maybe not as more. much anymore. I don't know. I think I don't know if you go more 20 or more 21 or 11, whatever you do. I think you need to stop asking them to block so much and start inserting them in the RPO game. Sure. You can get them on an RPO. You can get them on RPO arrows. You can do that stuff with them. I right behind the why. linebackers. Yep, I don't absolutely. know why we don't do that with them more. I don't understand why we're so hell-bent on in, engaging them in the in the run blocking game. They've not shown you yet that they're going to do it consistently. Last week was the worst game they've played all year. And from my understanding, the staff was not very happy with them. So why the hell do we keep asking them to do it? At some point, that's on you. Like, 
It, yeah, that's fair. The definition of insanity is doing it over and over and over again. Well, here we are. I've been bitching about it since, uh, sorry, I've been complaining about it since week <laughs> two, and everybody called me a madman. But here we are, like, and we're still doing it. I, I'm with you. The fact that it's like it, it, it's not something that it takes like a like a football like film Nick to undersee. It was like the great the great screen pass, like the swing to Keon Coleman. It died because of a missed tight end block. It's not right. the two it's tight ends on the field has not been a successful formation for us unless they're spread out wide and you dictate a shallow box like it like a light box. So I'm. I am interested. You have Jesus. quite the you have quite the task on your hands to scheme for a guy who has made very limited starts in an extremely hostile environment in the swamp at uh, during rivalry week. Like Tate, do you want to be Marcus Outson? You got <laughs> the potential. The kid has all the arm talent in the world. But you saw today against North Alabama, there were some plays that, like, I don't know if it was due to lack of continuity. There were some weird short-circuity communication errors, and it's like that can't happen against a team like right. Florida because you're getting a seven-yard negative play. Right. Do you have it in you to go to the swamp and execute at the level that your talent dictates you can? Right. I think you can, especially with the lack of tape on you. But man, I, I don't, you I don't gotta show of, up. I don't know if lack of tape is helping with Tate. I, I mean, you don't think so? As he, far as get, like the Mike Norvell offense with Tate, like a complete game plan week focused do you, do you, around do you him. Do you think they're changing the offense that much at this point? No, but Mike Norvell's offense is so diverse that I think that there is things that they will lean into more with him. With yeah. an entire week of him being the focal point, it's not the it, they're going to go to. I. I just what do you think? think? I mean, you know his strengths. I, I, I think, think that it's I gonna look crippled, more like 2019 I think up front doesn't matter. I think you're not good enough up front, and I think it's getting ready to bite you in the ass. So you're you're thinking I don't want to get your prediction for next week. No, yet, I'm not predicting but, anything. Yeah. I, I think it's getting ready to bite you though, because well, it could. I you mean, need to be able to lean on something. You need to be able to rely on something with Tate. Like you're not going to be able to rely on Tate to throw the ball 50 times. You could. Do, I think you could do that with Jordan. Yeah, and and you, could, and you could rely on Jordan to extend plays with his legs and do freaky things. And the oh, thing oh. with Jordan too is you could rely on him to do, put a lot on his shoulders without game crushing turnovers. With Tate, as the responsibility increases the likelihood of the turnovers increasing. That has been a massive, that has been yeah. an absolute massive factor in FSU success this season. We don't give away free possessions and that's going to change. That, that, that is, that is going to change in that environment for sure. Mike, Mike's going to find a way. Mike's going to find a way to get the best offense out there next week. Like there's no doubt in my mind about that. It's just, can they go execute that? efficiently effectively consistently all the lees can they get can they go do that for four quarters at a night game in the swamp i, I have my doubts i have my doubts i think that's fair so the game unfortunately once injury yep. happened florida state dominated they ran the ball cj campbell because i holmes they all look good it was it was whatever it was 
the type of performance, unfortunately, post-injury that you should have had the entire game, and it yeah. sucks that it took that long to galvanize the team and get there. Moving forward, you had – God, that's what makes this – and I, I argued on Twitter that when you take all of the all of the factors into account, Jordan Travis's personal story – the cusp of the things that you are about to accomplish, the severity of the injury. It's one of the five worst in the history of college football. Mm -hmm. The only one that I could think of is Willis McGahee in an actual national championship game. But the position of running back versus the position of quarterback has its own varying degrees of importance. Your expectations for this team, Adam, I remember I, I, I'm texting people after the injury happened. I go, season's over. Like, I, I was, dude, I was in my feelings. What do you think, man? What do you think is the ultimate? Where can this team go without its leader? And we don't I, I, know yet because they need to perform a full game yeah. without him. But, like, yeah. what are you feeling right now? I mean, it's a gut punch, right? I mean, terrible Mike, to the Mike solar looks like plexus. he's uh, there. There's uh, from the. Uh, Post game, you know, presser. Mike looks like he's about to be in tears. You could see on the field, Trey Benson wasn't right after it happened. Like no. after he scores his touchdown, he walks back all by himself. Like, okay, um, there's going to be a sense of we lost our man tonight, uh, and how are we going to do this? You can't tell me that that lot. I'm not saying that the locker room doesn't believe in Tate, but you can't tell me that those guys are all sitting around right now thinking Tate's got us. There's no way. Like it, mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's going to be up to that locker room now, though, and it really is up to the players. It's not going to be Mike or anybody else. They're going to give their rah rahs and rally and you know right. re all the all of Mike's climb stuff. They're going to do all that, but it's going to be up to that locker room to decide, especially that defensive side of the ball, to decide that we are going to go take this now. Um, it's our opportunity. We've had Jordan. We've been able to we've been able to kind of rely on him and, and fall back on that. Yep. But now it's our time to go be what wins us a football game. And uh, I, I fully expect them to go play balls of the wall down at, down in Gainesville um, next week. You've got real dudes and real dogs uh, throughout this throughout this roster that are going to accept the challenge. I don't I don't doubt that for a second. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna need to pull Tate along. And look. There's no doubt. Like he, they, he had a couple drops tonight. Like he played fine. Yep, absolutely. It, it just, ooh, man, it always feels close. It always feels close <laughs> to come off the rails. You're always, you're always on the razor's edge of like perfection yeah. and just absolute disaster. Yeah. And that is something to where you've had a guy leading your sled to now you're going to have to lead him. Your quarterback is not the leader of that room. There are plenty of guys that have the capacity to lead that room. And there are a lot of guys that even if they are transfers, they have been developed throughout the entire year to lead him along and make his life easier to me. Um, well, let me just add, let me just add this. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking about Tate. We're discussing Tate in these things. Don't forget. I mean, Tate won you a game in a, in a tough environment at Louisville last year. The against, Louisville and, thing, the Louisville better, thing against a better defense. The Louisville thing, to be honest with you, Florida State's offense looked bogged down before Tate. 
Like I would, I would venture to say Tate Rotomaker won you that game because they were not ready for the switch up. So that is a very fair point. He played very well tonight. Yeah, he, he, he played well. Kev, Kev got kicked out of the press box. Unfortunately, they, they were kicking everybody out. So he had to leave. That's why he dropped out of here. He asked me to pass along. He thought Tate looked good. Surprising. You, you, you can see, <laughs> you can see the arm talent, obviously. But he says he does. He just he just doesn't seem to anticipate throws well. And his pocket presence is is, is poor at best. So, um, and it is. And unfortunately, yeah. the environment you're going into next week, night game at the swamp, you gotta kind of want to feel pressure. However, it is what it is. To me, the storyline that's been bubbling up under the surface is like which unit is the leader of this team. And to me, I think the clear unit of this team has been the defense for the past month. And they're going to have to take that and run with it to the next level. They are going to have to maybe give extra possessions to the Tate-led offense. They are going to have to hold Florida out of the end zone you got a lot of goals left for you to accomplish. The season is not over, even though it feels like it is. But, man, you're 11-0. and You're one of the best seasons in Florida State history. And fate has dealt you a cruel and unfair hand. How yeah. do you respond? Yep. And the one thing I'm confident in is the response of a Mike Norvell-led team that is what they are built on and nothing will test them more than what happens to them in the next coming months. And guys, we will be there on Knowles247.com. So subscribe and be there with us. Do you want to learn? Do you want to listen? Do you want to be educated? Do you just want to have a group therapy session? Because, man, I could have used one tonight. I was in my feelings. We love you for Adam, for myself. Keep chopping on 11 and 0. Still not easy, guys. We got a lot in front of us, but we'll be there with you. We love you.